0: All right, KISS Army. Welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and think it's into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by
1: the Lord for the board.
0: We hope that you enjoy Episode 185 of the Kiss FAQ podcast. I'm your host today, Julian Gill, admin on the Kiss FAQ. I am joined by 69th Blizzard, Ken, St. Louis Kiss, Lonnie, and Marcus Almighty Mark. Gentlemen, it seems to be our regular Thursday thing to get together and to talk about Kiss, the band that we love, the band that we sometimes get infuriated by. And uh, frustrated by, I think, yeah. at the top of this show, I, I just do want to mention to anyone who's been living under a rock that a important Kiss fan did pass away in the past week since our last show. And that is, of course, uh, the former Pantera drummer Vinnie Paul, who allegedly will be uh, buried in a Kiss casket donated again by Gina Paul. So sadly, like his brother, so condolences, obviously, to their father uh, who survives both the brothers and that is not what anyone wants to outlive their children um but also to pantera and hell yeah fans across the world for you know another musician gone too young but you know what he went to bed and didn't wake up that's the way i would much rather go (laughs) than, than experiencing it um You know, So if there's any silver lining in going, that is it. But it's far too young, and they just finished, well, they finished the uh, drum tracks for a new, uh, hell yeah, whatever that band is called. Not my kind of genre of music that I listen to. Um, So there are lots of Kiss connections there, obviously, with the uh, Abbott brothers. So let's get on to some happier stuff. And it is stuff. What stuff you added to your collection this week? Uh, Hmm. Ken, let's start with you.
2: I, I, well, is it does it have to be Kiss. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. No, you can always say sorry. and say, I "Gene I and Paul, I'm sorry, I didn't give you any money this week. It's right. okay to do." <laughs> well,
2: I, I did, I did place an order for the uh, ep, uh, issue two of the Kiss magazine. Which cover? Uh, I chose. I chose the Gene Simmons cover, of course. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'm not going to buy every stinking cover. Um, of the of the thing. It's wrong I mean, you. and you no, call I, yourself I, a Kiss fan? I've fallen into that trap before, but uh, I, I just <laughs> I just couldn't do it. So I, I'll go with the Gene cover and I'll just wait wait for that to come out. Or actually, wait, wait. They said it was shipped, so it's on its way.
0: Yeah, I think they're being pretty fast with that. And since you've already mentioned it, I also purchased that. And I'm star- sorry, Star Child, but I did the same thing and bought the Gene cover. I think, you know, it is Paul's art after all. So I, either way, Paul wins. Um, and I love the posting <laughs> on Facebook where Keith said that he showed Gene the cover. Yeah. And he said, I really like the artist who did this work. We should get him doing some of our merchandise. And <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a good yarn. Sure. If, if nothing else, it's a good yarn. So. Um, I don't want to hear about your non-kiss stuff. I I did buy some non-kiss stuff, which I want to talk about, which is the Eric Singer Project is finally out on vinyl. Thank you, Keith. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, everyone involved in that. I ordered the clear vinyl and the green vinyl versions of that. A third version is green vinyl with a signed um, cover by all four of the musicians. That's Bruce, Carl, um, John, and oh, yeah, Eric. And the centerpiece is Ace on there because, of course, he does perform on one side. I think it was Foxy Lady. So, very much looking forward to that. Happy to see more of that Kiss related catalog coming out in vinyl. Um, but, and I also, like I said, bought the magazine. So, that was it for this week. Nothing actually to show and tell. Lonnie, anything coming into your collection?
3: I did get um, like the. Doll Ken has behind him with 12 inch Jean doll. I bought a set of the eight inch dynasty figures. Um, they're pretty cool. Um, I'll have to bring one in next week. I'm still in box living in, in boxes and living out of laundry baskets and that kind of fun stuff, but um, I'll have to bring one in next week. And I was also got an alert on my phone today that my Guns N' Roses Appetite for Destruction box set had arrived at my house, so I am anxiously gonna speed home after the show. and and, Very um, cool. And I my wife. <laughs> yep. I, I actually cheaped out on I I that did. one. I
0: cheaped out. and got the iTunes version. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I can, could not bring myself to get more physical CDs to have lying around. Can't wait to it check it all a out. thousand dollars, but I went mid-route. Yep. All right, Mark, <laughs> let's get to you. You've got a stack of vinyl behind you, right?
4: Uh, no, actually, the funny thing is I went to the record store the, the other day just, just to look around and see what was around. And... I stumbled across something I'd never thought I'd see, like the 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 biggest amount of used cassettes I'd ever seen in my life, and these were all good, like really good condition stuff. So I went through and I found like a whole whack of David Bowie that I got, like, and they're all great stuff. And I found some Triumph, and I found some, um, what else did I find? A bunch of other, oh yeah, Zappa. But I also found a bunch of Kiss cassettes, so I went and grabbed hmm. those too. So. Uh, of course, it it broke my heart to have to buy this, but you know I had to get the destroyer. Why Why does it break your
3: heart to buy one of the greatest albums? The priceless played? connection collection. Yeah, no, yeah.
0: is, is it, that the see-through tape? Yeah. So yeah, that's an '80s. No, that's a uh, oh. black tape. Yep,
4: cool. And what's funny about this one? Somebody pointed out when I posted this on my Instagram is they're going, "Oh wait a minute, that's an incorrect track order." I go since when is uh was it was it. Oh yeah, since when is Sweet Pain right before Do You Love Me and After Beth? It's on this version for some reason. Oh really? Yeah. Interesting. It was priceless.
2: You have to play it and <laughs> see price. if it's really in that order.
4: So, so yeah. Have... i have to check that out. I haven't checked it yet. But I also got this. Uh oh, that's cool. two. Yeah. It's the single cassette version, not the double like in the old days. Hmm. Yep. Right? Um I got this, which was, uh I was pondering about getting this one, but I decided what the hell to uh, add to the collection. Yeah, Hot in the Shade. In the shade.
0: I keep throwing That's, those uh... fuckers away.
4: God. <laughs> you
2: <do? clears throat>
4: And Julian was very pleased with me, as I found this one. Ooh, ooh, ooh
2: nice.
4: A dollar... A dollar ninety nine, and it's an absolutely mint condition. This thing, not a scratch on it. it, it tapes
2: they perfect. To it once, one time, and they yeah. got rid of it.
4: Yeah. But it's 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 in great great shape, and it's you know I listened to it. It plays perfectly well, and it added to my collection because I had a bunch of I have the solo records. I have a really early rock and roll over on cassette. I have Dynasty. I have the reissue Creatures of the Night on cassette. So I'm starting to complete my cassette a collection of KISS stuff.
0: No, you've just, yeah. you just picked up a new disease, collecting cassettes. Yeah. Yeah, I've, that's I've got, exactly I can, what's I've, happening. I've got a stack of about 350 of them over there. And oh, wow! They're, <laughs> they're mostly American. I got to the point where I was like, "Well, this one has the big window on the cassette. This one has the small window." And then I smacked myself in the head and said, "Get a freaking life, you loser!" Um, so now I got to get rid of them and find someone who likes the difference between big windows, small windows. Yeah, really, it's lame. All right. So before we get into today's topic, a couple of other things just to mention. Briefly, I want to get your thoughts on this, and it could I guess it could have been an episode on its own, but let's try and leave ourselves just a paragraph. Today, June the 28th, 22nd anniversary of Tiger yeah. Stadium. Take yourself back then. Where the hell did you think we would be by now with Kiss after the first night of the reunion taking place? And I, I remember just waiting and waiting and waiting for a bootleg to come out, uh, become available of that show so that I could hear what mm-hmm. the original lineup sounded like. Because, you know, I, I didn't hear Irvin Meadows, uh, which was the, the like two weeks before. The weenie roast? Roast. Yeah, the no. weenie roast. That's right. So for me, I, where was I? I was in England at the time, Scotland. I was working in Scotland mm. and 1996 I thought that the reunion wouldn't last I hoped it wouldn't last I hoped they would be back to Bruce and Eric yes and and doing shit after maybe having a run or having you know something happen that uh, you know they just did the original alive worldwide 96 97 and that was it. That was kind of what I hoped. With Carnival of Souls being sat on at the time, there was a new Kiss album that, at the time, I thought was wonderful and vibrant. So I thought they'd get this out of their system. They'd earn lots of money. Um, I was worried about Ace because collecting boots in the 90s, Ace's performances, say 95, mm-hmm. 90 through 93. So those two years before the reunion were not the greatest. They weren't the worst, but you know, he had a good, mm-hmm. powerful band with him. So I, I didn't know if he would make it uh peter i didn't really have much of an opinion on because all the bootlegs i heard of his performances sounded fine from what he was doing he was supported again by a great band like ace so i was hoping that they would get it out of their system get back on tour carnival of souls or follow up you know, Eric and Bruce would just sit on the sidelines long enough for them to cash in, and that would be it. Obviously, I did not expect them to still be wearing fucking makeup 22 years later, and even still be around mm-hmm. 22 years later. Ken, what about you?
2: Yeah, well, it was a, it was an exciting time because uh, we weren't sure they were going to you know ever you know get back together based on what uh, Gene and Paul were saying. So. Uh, yeah, it was very exciting, uh, that it, it happened and, and that I, you know, I had my tickets, I got my tickets for the August show in San Jose. So I was ready to go. Um, again, I didn't know how long it was going to last. Um, I thought maybe, uh, eh, maybe they'll get five years out of it if they're lucky. Um, and then it would end. Um, and then maybe they would you know, retire. Um, but they did the farewell tour about five years later and but they continued anyway so um obviously with the newer members but uh, yeah it was it was just a cool thing um it was just great to have the makeup back and the original lineup back it it was just very cool so yeah
0: do you realize that if they do their final farewell next year the end of the road that that means that they may be saying farewell to people who have been fans for more than a decade who weren't even alive the last time they said farewell that is just messed up to consider it's mind-blowing yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
2: The, the younger fans and, yep yeah, well, that'd be there, weird.
0: there are a lot of 13 to 18 year olds who weren't around in 2000 so lonnie what about you 1996
3: june 28th 1996 i was at my brother's wedding in st louis And I was excited because I was getting to see the band like in four days on July the 2nd. So I was on a major kiss high that day. It's all I could, it's all I could think about. It's all I could talk about, you know, 17 years old, my brother was getting married. That's all I could talk about was, was the kiss show in four days um, and how we were actually going to get to see Gene Paul, Ace and Peter in makeup, you know, bragging to my friends, bragging to my relatives that it had sold out and (laughs) less than a half hour in St. Louis and how many people were there in line when we bought tickets, you know, it was 22 years ago. It was back in the day when you lined up for concert tickets, not you didn't get on the internet at at 10 a.m. when tickets went on sale. So it was, it was, it was a great time. And the show I went to is, you know, I didn't have great seats, obviously. I mean, we sat up top, but it it was one of the best KISS shows, maybe the best KISS show I ever saw, even though I was that far away. Just because I guess it was the first time I saw them, it was, you know, the third show, of the reunion tour. The, I mean, Gene says the magic was back. You know what? The magic was there that night. It, it blew my mind that night. They were absolutely fantastic. But at the same time, I'm on the other other side of it. I'm right there with you, you Julian, and Ken, that I really thought that they were going to do this for a couple years and go back to Bruce and Eric, and I thought I'd even read that in a magazine article, like in Hit Parader or Metal Edge, somewhere um, around April, around the time of the USS Intrepid press conference. That they were only doing this for a couple of years, and then they were going to go back to no makeup with Bruce and Eric because a kiss, another Kiss album was done and ready to go. That this was just like a a cash grab, for lack of a better terms. So, but obviously that wasn't the case. They released Carnival Souls a year later, you know really psycho circusing continue to march forward and it's hard to believe they haven't taken the makeup off in 22 years that's crazy considering it's it's more than double the, the amount of time they wore makeup for the first time mm-hmm. so and people and, and people today probably don't even remember i mean people that are born people that are 20 or 21 years old probably don't even even realize that kiss played without makeup for amount of time that they did right (laughs) or they even play without makeup at all because to them well kiss that's the band that wears makeup well you know there was this period from 83 to to 96 where they didn't wear makeup but you know but no it was was a great it was people talk about well it's a great time to be a kiss fan that was the best time to be a kiss fan was 1996, in my opinion well, unless you were there in 1975. Well, well, in my lifetime, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. What about you?
4: Well, I vividly remember this time because uh, a couple of my friends who are like really, really crazy Kiss fans were hot on to this, and uh, I remember we watched the Grammys when they first came out, and my friend just didn't believe it. He was like, "No, that's not them. That's some kind of hoax or something, right?" And uh, after it was confirmed that it was them it was like complete pandemonium in around our area because when they announced that detroit was going to be first detroit's not very far from toronto so the media here in toronto was on it too like much music and all that were constantly talking about it and talking about all the stuff that was going on with it and we i was convinced at that time that That was it. There was gonna be no coming back to Eric Singer and those guys. That this this is it. They're gonna run this out until they're done, and that's it. Because there was so much hype, and everybody I knew was saying that they were like so excited that they were back. Nobody even talked about Bruce or Eric at that point around where I was, and everybody was just saying that this is gonna be it. You know, hurrah! And you know, people were just—it was incredible—the amount of hype. And we—I even went to New York about a week before they played that stint of shows in madison square gardens in new york city was just buzzing with kiss pandemonium then it was unbelievable you know my only regret is i didn't get a ticket when i was down there to go see a show that would have been incredible to see that but i'm telling you everybody thought that it was going to go forward forever i thought so too but we saw a show me and my friends in hamilton when they did the uh lost cities tour the first time around and uh it was a little shaky. That was the infamous show where Ace fell over on the ground and Gene just looked at him and just shook his head and walked away from him. And uh, my friend looked at me and gave me this head shake. And I knew right away what he was trying to tell me. He's like, oh, it's it's over. Like the cracks are showing kind of look. Right. Already then. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe it's just a bad show. And, you know, they went on and on. But he was not surprised when, it, when they were calling it quits in 2000. But. I seriously thought that they were going to go on with that lineup for quite a long time. But back then, there was no better band to be into than Kiss because it was everywhere. The 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 flooding of toys that was in and around this area. We had a Spencer's just in the mall near us here. It was unbelievable. Like you couldn't you couldn't walk anywhere without bumping into a doll or something that was on the shelf, you know. So it was it was unbelievable. I mean, it was a really great time to be a Kiss fan.
0: And there you go. You know, for, for our topic today, you know, what I've been trying to do the last couple of episodes is just uh, be a little bit more casual and less thought out about what we do. And before we get into some of the things that we're going to talk about today, a topic has written itself in the last few days. And there's this Australian website uh, called May the... May the rock be with you, um, mm-hmm. a music website that Ace has done a brief interview with, starting to drum oh, up a bit of uh, publicity both for his forthcoming album and the tour he's going to be doing with Gene in uh, the what well, the the spring in Australia. I'm trying to think of the opposite <laughs> of autumn. So um, he he made a very interesting answer to the question of you know try and predict the remainder of the year. Um, and Ace's comment was, I think by the end of 2018, I think we'll probably start formulating a plan for a KISS reunion. At least that's what I'd like to happen. And I think the fans will like that. And I also have a plan B, you know. You know when you think about Eric Clapton and what he did after he left Cream, he formulated a group blind faith with a lot of other superstars so in the Mm -hmm. event that there isn't a kiss reunion I'm probably going to put together a super group of people that are equal to my talent and notoriety and go out (laughs) that way so that's kind of a a two-parter for everyone here you know what do you think about Ace's idea of you know is he sending Gene a message or Paul that if they're thinking about going out they gotta include
3: him what do you think Lonnie? I like it. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's. I think it's ballsy. And I think it's just putting it out there that hey, you know the original spaceman is ready to go. Well, I'm throwing the ball in your court. Yeah, I left. He was never. He's never been uh, let go of because He's never been terminated. He's always left both times that he left. Um, and he's throwing it out there that hey, you guys want to go out? Well, how can you go out without the original spaceman? And God love him. I'd I'd love to see it. Um,
2: yeah. Come on, <laughs> yeah. Um, God. He, I I thought it was uh, interesting that he that he mentioned, you know, a final tour with them, uh, another reunion or whatever. Um, I, I guess he's planting the seed. Either that or or. Or he knows something. It's either he knows something already, and something's in the works for the big final tour, or he's just, uh, you know, Bishing. trying trying, you know, trying to get them to do it. Um, it's, it's, it's it's all going to come down to Paul Stanley, um, what he wants to do, obviously. And and if you've, you know, heard or read the, the Eric Singer uh, interview, he says nothing gets done without. Paul, you know, basically Paul's approval. Um, So, which we already knew Paul's running the show. So uh, I don't know. I mean, they stand to make a lot of money, in my opinion, if they bring Ace back. I don't know about Peter, but uh, Ace back is still, I think, going to bring a lot more uh, publicity and uh, people in the seats.
4: Mark um it's funny because i did read this very recently and i found it kind of surprising that the same person who was calling out gene to a boxing match years ago in a guitar magazine that i read is now saying and i quote i've been doing events with gene because i'm his only friend didn't you know you know that gene always says in interviews he has no friends and i get pissed off because i email gene and say you know i'm your buddy this is the same guy that was before was you know saying what an asshole Gene was and stuff like that. But now, you know, he's uh, laying out the, the rose path for Gene and trying to butter his bread a little bit there. And uh, I think that, you know, let, let's face it. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with Ace's solo career. I mean, he's I'm sure he's happy doing what, what he's doing, but I'm sure he'd be much happier making Kiss money than Ace Freely money right now. And I mm-hmm. think that's the main reason why he wants to get back in because he wants to, you know, re- fill up his retirement account i think and get off on a high note here because really i i think that he can write all these kind of interviews all he wants i don't think it's going to happen because i mean they've just had too much of a good time without him why would they want to go back into that hell hole with him again
0: yeah and i think uh it was mentioned eric singer's recent comments and that's actually in the rock music star interview uh with john and, and the quote is, respectfully, Gene and Paul do the thing together, but I always tell people it's not what you think. Nothing happens in KISS without Paul Stanley saying yes or yay. Mm-hmm. That's how it, it was uh, put in the idea. In the yeah, yeah. And, and that's, I, I don't think that's you know going to come as a shock to anyone. I mean, Paul Stanley, there has to be a final word. In a band, regardless of a partnership, you know you're not going to always be able to meet in the middle. As a business, it's just not realistic to think that you're going to agree on everything or be able to, you know, to to negotiate.
2: It's not a democracy; it's a dictatorship, people. Well, benevolent
0: (laughs) benevolent dictatorships work very well. You know, they can. Yeah,
2: that's true.
0: As long as they remain benevolent, not malevolent, or.
2: That was the a malevolent order.
0: Yeah. yeah, so you know, it, I, I think it's interesting. I'm more interested in the idea of Ace being a part of a supergroup and just what sort of musicians that he think are equal to his talents and notoriety that are still living. Yeah, that
4: David Crosby. Ooh, uh,
0: yeah, I mean, th- how, how many of these supergroups super that kind of exist out there? I mean, there's a few. That uh, you know, uh, chicken foot comes to mind and makes me
2: want to puke because, Oh, yeah, nah. you know, uh, I, I don't know. Excellent. Maybe he can have uh, David Lee Roth can uh, he can be oh, the singer no. for Ace no. and then they get a couple more guys. Well, there are
4: a few good super groups that I that I like that are. I think that would be too Apollo. bad. Yeah, Sons of goes. Apollo are good. Steven Adler on drums. Oh, there we go. Yeah, he'll, he'll be off the wagon in like three shows if he gets him back in the band come on
0: I, oh I thought Steven was clean I mean
4: mm, well, yeah okay but you know what yeah. I mean it, it just seems like a toxic combination putting people like that together well, wouldn't you it, think it would be just better to have somebody
1: Richie Scarlet?
2: he's already used it
4: so alright
0: so that may be uh, something for the future to consider a super group with ace in it let's get into some random topics today and you know the first one that comes up um and this is one of my contributions to the show and obviously you've not been forewarned of that and it was a topic on the faq and it did kind of uh appeal to me has vinnie ruined his comeback mm. with uh, removing his facebook presence with um you know, some of the kind of outburst stuff without getting, you know, we don't have to get into any negativity on Vinny on that, but he seems to have lost a lot of steam since Atlanta when he came flying out of the gate there and it went, he showed up, it happened. And everyone was talking about him. Everyone was scrambling for him. Every podcast was stabbing each other in the eyeballs to try and get him. Um, And then Things have lost steam quite rapidly as he's you know, gotten rid of some of the people who were with him, his guitar tech, um, I think his lawyer. I'm not too sure on that, so um, it, it's not fact, it's a guess. Um, you know, but he doesn't seem to have the same kind of organization around him now that he did have. He's still making appearances this past weekend. He was at Days of the Dead in Indianapolis, and I saw lots of smiling pictures. Vinny looked fantastic, by the way. In those, he looks a lot better than in Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. He looked, you know, slim down, looked healthy, looked happy. So, I was a little coffee maker on the floor behind him. So, I knew he was uh, well hydrated and caffeinated, which seems to be an important part of it. Well, what do you guys think? It, it, in a nutshell, getting rid of the Facebook presence is probably a good thing rather than having unfiltered Vinny. He really needs to, you know, make sure he keeps it very. Um, Distilled for, mm-hmm. for want of a better term, but it also means that you don't have a daily presence of Vinny, You know telling you what's for sale. His store seems to have lost a lot of items. So what do you think Ken?
2: Well, <laughs> um, I don't know if it's uh, If he's you know ru- ruined his comeback um, Or if it was too much too soon Uh, Where he started making, you know, too many appearances and including on the Internet and on Facebook and and so on. Um, Maybe it is too much. Uh, Maybe should have been, you know, stretched out a little longer Um, after Atlanta. Maybe something later in the year Um, instead of trying to hit every darn show there is out there, whether those conventions and other stuff um and then I, I i don't know i i don't know if it's his management or what or what's going on but it's it's kind of just the whole thing's kind of turned upside down um and I, at this point i don't know what's going to happen i think he ought to step away and and kind of reorganize and you know if he's going to put product out you know get that all straightened out and. Squirt it away first and including music if he's going to release any music um just just get it all all your you know ducks in a row before you start you know releasing information or or selling stuff to the public
0: yeah i must say i really miss his uh, his his post though you know, at least hearing from him. And I don't think Vin- Vinny and if you think about one of his guitar solos, I don't think rationing Vinny is something that ever comes to mind as being a possibility. Lonnie, what do you think?
3: You know, um, I don't know if it, he's ruined his comeback either. I, I think he bit off more than he can chew with all the appearances, and sorry, the tornado sirens are going off here. Um... <laughs> Should you still be sitting there? Uh, it's fine. This is what life is like
4: in the Midwest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to see the trees blowing in the, windows, look out the window, window. <laughs> the
3: window. This guy is green. Um, you know, I, I don't think he ruined his comeback as much as I think that. I think he bit off more than he can chew. I think he did too many appearances too soon. I think he got too involved in the internet and and chatting with fans online too soon that I think, um, he, he just did too much. And I, and I, and I don't know if he was prepared to deal with some of the negativity that goes along with met with, with Facebook and things like that. Um, the rain, the rain's hitting the windows. Um, I, I just don't think he was prepared for it. And I think it just became too much for him. And that's why he, he's taken a giant step backwards. Um, I wish him well, I hope, for continued success with his store. He had mentioned a while back that he was going to re-release um, Euphoria on his website, and uh, I hope that happens. I, I, I wish him continued success, and I, I just think he did he did too much too soon, um, and maybe taking a step back might be the best thing for him at this juncture.
0: Yeah, and getting I think getting a team behind him that actually knows how to leverage you know internet social media um you know the downside is of course that those things usually cost uh whether mm-hmm. it's a percentage or whether it's fee uh, and, and kind of doing the spun kind of thing is probably not good in this day and age it's better to have other people responsible for shipping out your merch other people responsible for managing your your statements so that you give your statement to have someone post it and they could say, uh, are you sure you really want me to post this? Because, you know, you've, you've got that filter that is critically important. And hope Lonnie's okay because we just have just lost him. So we'll we'll continue. Mark, what do you, what do you think about Vinny's, you know, current, current status? All good? Or, you know, should he reevaluate like Lonnie suggested?
4: Uh, I, I think there's a reevaluation that needs to be done mainly because when he first came back, I was absolutely astonished by how many appearances he made on podcasts and how many different things he was involved with. It was just a crazy amount of stuff all at once. It seemed like he did all these, you know, podcasts, like every week when I went online, there was at least two places that you could have an interview with him to, to listen to. So, um, and the thing is, He had this really fantastic persona about him at that time. He was super friendly. Everybody he was talking to was like, you know, he was telling them how how happy he was to be talking with them. And thank you for your support. And even the people who were talking with him were like over the moon speaking with him how happy they were to have him on there. And people were behind him and they were just like supporting him like crazy. And then all it took was one little, you know, thing, one little incident to kind of derail him in a sense, you know what I mean, where people started, you know, started taking one negative incident and spin it into something terrible, like they start bringing back all his old ways and stuff. And I just think it's, it's terrible. It's what like what you said before, If somebody to kind of filter his stuff and tell him what would be a good idea to put what not to put out. He could have probably avoided all that stuff. And he could have been going on the way he was going before I like I said, like Ken said, he he probably did a little too much at once he should have spread it out a little bit further apart and i think that would have helped him a bit more as well right because he would still be front and center now rather than shoot all this stuff at once and then have really not not as much to talk about now right now he's just mm-hmm. doing the appearances here and there and that's you know and that's fine it still helps him get into the public but honestly until you just mentioned now this appearance that he just did i didn't even know that he was doing one The the amount of uh, you know, the the know-how of what he's doing now has really slowed down since that, you know, because before I knew everything that was going on because it was everywhere. But now it just seems like it's not as upfront as it was before.
0: Yeah, and that's, of course, instantaneous communication when you've got someone who's actually uh, posting for themselves on Facebook and now you don't have that. Now you only find out things on, uh, you know, his assistant's Uh, does post some information about stuff for people who do follow. I don't follow any of the Vinnie Vincent uh, forums on Facebook whatsoever. Um, So I I don't know if people are hearing stuff or posting stuff in those. So, Mm -hmm. you know, everything I hear are either from um, industry types who have heard things or, you know, when the assistant posts or, you know, on the, on the website and there really isn't much there, you know, in terms of information, which, which is a shame because again, like you said, I really enjoyed hearing him. And he was very positive, but it probably got very old for him very quickly as well, you know, because all of a sudden you're doing all of these things and it must become a little bit like Groundhog Day. Day after day, I I don't see how many questions can be different uh, for him coming from, you know, podcasts of primarily of KISS fans who know the questions for the most part to ask and have probably been told the ones not to ask. So in that respect it must become mind-numbing and then on our side of the table as fans well you know after Atlanta for those of us who met him it was all like well what's the next one oh that's not worth going to because I've already met him you know so it, it kind of loses his luster in a certain yeah. extent very rapidly it's almost like well he's back now well how long is he gonna stay back you know immediately the people st- start thinking the negative side of things unfortunately Which is a shame, but it still does exist in people's minds to them, so I I get it. So, you know, I think I'm coming around to my own conclusion here, is no, he hasn't ruined his comeback, he just slowed it down and made it a bit more manageable for him, which is the important part. And and hopefully he stays happy and, you know, know, satisfied. It certainly looked that way in Indy. Great photos, love the pictures of him on that double V guitar. (coughs) Very, very cool
1: still love it loud so do we rock and pod returns to Nashville on Saturday August 25th over 25 rock podcasts from all over North America recording on-site vinyl and memorabilia dealers selling the best in rock merchandise and awesome rock musicians and personalities participating in signing sessions and on-stage panel discussions throughout the day special guests include current and former members of corn kiss angel winger loudness except bang day, School of Rock Nashville and School of Rock Franklin, a DBG Productions event. All
0: right. So Lonnie, hope you're under your desk and safe. So (laughs) let's let's go into one of our other questions. And I I think it was your idea, Ken, about the the Kiss colored solo albums in the works. Is is that fact? Where where did you read that on the internet? And are you sure?
2: Yeah, it was. I think so because uh, I think it was on the. I want to say it was the Kissologist site and some guy was asking about or some guy posted that he sent an email or something to universal and about and uh what's the other company i just did uh, uh the destroyer thing um i can't remember recall but um about them you know you know uh, entertaining the idea of putting the four solo albums out on colored vinyl um so I think the, the topic started with that, and then I think, I, I know Tom <laughs> said something about it. It's like, oh, don't say anything about it. I you know, shouldn't say something. Then uh, uh, Keith LaRue said, it's already in the works. So so I thought, oh, okay, well, that's pretty promising then if he's saying that. And I don't know if it's it's Keith LaRue, uh, working in conjunction with, you know, Universal or something else, or with maybe Tom Shannon, mm-hmm. you know, since they put out the the Ace stuff now, right, Bronx Boy and so on, and the Bruce Kulak thing. Uh, so I was thinking, okay, I, I hope it, you know it's finally going to happen. So I was thinking, well, you know, now if it's going to happen, what you know, what do I want to see in this is this, this set or the the albums? Um, obviously. We're hoping for the colored vinyl um, of each, you know, like you the, know, the, red for the, Jean, So
0: The correct color.
2: The correct mm-hmm. color. Yes. Proper color, I guess. So green, uh, not
0: on Ace, you know. Come on, Universal. Yeah, yeah
2: exactly. <laughs> the, the proper color of, of each one, and, and maybe do a swirl in that somehow, too. Who knows. But uh, I would like it either, you know, as a box set, really, the whole, all four in and, and a nice box and, and and just do it right you know um all colored have a book in there about the the making of the solo albums maybe pictures and and so on um yes it could be even you know a portion of uh of uh julian's book or something <laughs> in there um but um also i would like to have if they have it demos from those all four of those sessions if there's any demos out there uh to put those out and maybe a cd uh, we'll also you know also have besides the vinyls have cds included have a cd of the the four albums plus uh the book plus demos and anything else they can find uh but really a book i mean i think they could come up with a good book to insert in there with pictures and, and and the story of how it all you know hashed out and so on like that but uh i, I don't know, i'm looking forward to it i mean it needs to be done it's a 40th anniversary coming up in october so i'm hoping it's going to be out or september uh so i hope it's going to be out by then it would be nice if they can do it yeah. so i was thinking well yeah what do you guys think, or what would you like to see in, in these if it comes if it comes out?
0: We don't know. Maybe it'll be out in the spring. So, Mark, what do you think? <laughs>
4: um, I I like the idea that can put out. The only thing that I'm just thinking about, being from a, uh, putting on the, independent label owner hat for a second, is, that while, that's a great thing to put out those kind of box sets and stuff like that, the. The fact of the matter is i don't know how many people could afford depending on how much it costs that kind of a box i think you get more people to buy it if it's just the album itself available to buy i think you would sell a hell of a lot more of those than the boxes but hey i would buy the box there's no question about that right but um the box is a good idea um but those are the kind of things I always see bands like, you know, the Beatles did with Sergeant Pepper. And now they're gonna do something similar with the White Album now with the Beatles and stuff like that. And these kind mm-hmm. of uh, yeah, this it's coming out. has been it's official. Paul McCartney said it's happening. So um okay. but you know, but that's the thing. Like but you know, you have like millions of people who are gonna buy that. I, I think you'd be hard pressed to maybe get 20,000 people buy this, maybe. But, you know, it, it still doesn't make it any less valuable to us KISS collectors. That's for sure. I mean, I definitely hope it does happen. And I will definitely buy it. And I do hope that they, you know, get on the boat and make everything ship shape like Julian said, make all the right colors with the right releases, right? <laughs> and, you know, there's more than enough people in the KISS community that could supplement this stuff. I mean, we just said Julian had a fantastic book come out talking about the solo records why not you know have it strike up a deal with julian to have one of those included with each sale you know and there you go you get the book with the box set right that would be perfect i think and then you know you turn around and have a you know some other people put in some other things who has some demos lurking in the way like like a mark might have some things lying around who knows you know Maybe there are demos around that we haven't heard yet. Who who knows? I don't know. I'm not that knowledgeable in the demo department, right? That's more Julian's area, I think. But, you know, there probably is stuff that have, haven't been heard, or if there is, maybe just better quality versions of it that could be used in it, right? So I think there's a lot that can be done. And again, I think the, the vinyl itself will get done by the sounds of it because if Keith gives it the green light, I think that we're pretty much... You know, assured that it will happen but how much more beyond the album i don't know right
0: yeah i think the Def leopard collection one that just came out is a good template to be kind of looking at for this as a release mm-hmm. obviously that was Def leopards first four studio albums uh packaged up it came with a cd of rarities a live cd from the forum and mm-hmm. a repro of their first ep um and a book so yeah uh I I think the book is an interesting idea for the solo albums. I think you take the interviews that Tim did with uh, the solo album book and have him work with uh, Ken Sharp and marry all their stuff together because I'd rather see Tim working on it. It's not my book. It was mostly his interviews. So, you know, he's just done an interview for the new Kiss magazine as well. So, you know, that would kind of be the best of both worlds to come up with a book and, you know, have pictures. I would love to see photos. Yeah, if there were any from the studio sessions, mm-hmm. you know, we hear, yes. hear the vivid image of Peter sitting alone in the middle of the studio, you know, singing a song, you know, even just yeah. one photo of Peter in, in the studio, oh, okay. and you know, better quality ones are those ones of Ace at the Colgate Mansion, or maybe some of them at the our radio uh Plaza Sound. So, you mm-hmm. know, the booklet is is, is very appealing. The albums themselves, because it could be on a CD or a vinyl, obviously the vinyl is more interesting because of the color. Okay, so you jam all four of those into the box. I've already said on a previous episode that I think the box should replicate. The Japanese solo box, that's uh, one of the major collectibles. Um, And then have a rarity CD. And we know that there are alt mixes of Paul's stuff. We know that Gene probably has plenty of demos, including some that haven't been on the vault. For the songs that appear on his, we know there are outtakes from Peter's album. Uh, we certainly know there are outtakes from Aces, uh, you know, multiple takes of um, New York Roof, for, for instance, because there were three separate recordings done of that one song before they got the <laughs> final one that was done right at the end to be The Keeper. We know that there were demos done. So you've got enough material for at least a single disc rarity set so that there is something, an additional album you know on cd or on lp and then you could always put in like a little bonus single you know uh Mm -hmm. maybe it's an interview because they did do radio they all did promos yeah. so you've got the kiss black box if you did that on you know as a bonus item to go in there you know it Mm -hmm. it it would all be very easy to do um and six hundred (laughs) dollars so
2: (laughs) <laughs> well, they, they. I was also thinking earlier too, is that they also could put in the the bag that you got when you went to the record store, the solo album bag, the plastic bag, a, a you can repro put that bag. in there too. Yeah. A repro of that. Um, and I have one of those anyway, but uh, it'd be cool to, for them to reproduce that, and maybe even the the solo album, you know, eight by tens, you know, stuff like that of them at the time, that time period uh, There's so much
0: that they could put in because if you remember remember the book and the interviews that Tim was doing for the solo album book David Edward Bird who designed the blue Bogart label (laughs) did the posters, obviously so he's got sketches of those which look much better than the final product uh, to my way of thinking. He also did some other designs that were not used for it, so there's one that has now been nicked by everyone make a nice postcard to include in there mm-hmm. um, so there, there, there's lots of things
2: there You, you go. can make a nice package there you go yeah cause I
4: found I found this online actually I think these are the things you're talking about they, they had those sketches yes exactly
0: you know repros lithos of those you know are very neat or you know come on in the 21st century coloring exactly
4: yeah that's what I was doing with them
0: yeah so you know none of that I don't think uh, or none of that I think is outrageous problematic of course because we just never Mm -hmm. know what the deal is with Universal um, for the material uh, for the licensing for uh, the publishing for all the the legal shit that goes with all these projects that makes them impossible from a fan perspective But, but I just like the idea now that I've seen Universal do Def Leppard that it does have possibilities, we you know. So, who, who the hell knows? So,
2: Let's could see what neat. happens, I guess.
0: Yeah, they could always do repros of the singles as well. I mean, you could really pad that fucker and uh, okay. up up the price because it's Kiss fans. And twenty thousand mark, forget it. It's not going to do ten. You know, no. six would probably be. Pushing. I was
4: being generous. Man. You you were being very very generous. Maybe print print 5000
0: or so i I don't think they'd even print 5000 i mean uh it would almost be better to go into the second part of this kind of question should kiss be doing pledge music for Mm. legacy releases new music or video releases mark Um, as an independent musician um Do you think KISS could leverage Pledge if, again, there aren't the legal issues that prevent them from doing so or contractual obligations like signing away your Sonic Boom album to uh, Walmart?
4: Well, I'll tell you this. I'm a huge Pledge Music supporter. And a lot of my (coughs) stuff that I've gotten off of Pledge Music, I, I, I swear I would have probably never gotten some of this stuff if it wasn't for pledge music i'm a big rick wakeman collector and he has been reissuing so much of his back catalog stuff and he has a lot of albums believe it or not this is a guy who has like 91 solo releases or something like that and he yeah and it's it's incredible if you go on his discography you'd be in shock what he released but i mean just recently i got he 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 did a soundtrack for the phantom of the opera like the original kind of black and white movie thing he did a soundtrack for it they released a box and i got that it came with all kinds of uh, original posters from the movie that got done and all kinds of stuff got put into the deluxe package and i got now i'm waiting for two other things just that just came out Uh, they did a a movie back in the day called listomania that roger daltrey was in and he did the soundtrack for that so he's reissuing the proper soundtrack in his opinion he remixed it putting it on vinyl this and that cd uh dvd original eight by tens original like there's all kinds of stuff with it and even yes yes just now did a pledge music thing for the fly from here uh, uh return trip which is a basically they did a record trevor horn redid all the vocals for that record the original producer replaced the singer that they had then and replaced the vocals they repackaged it for the 50th anniversary, and On Pledge Music did it, and I got my copy, and lots of people bought it. And you know what? Lots of bands are starting to do it. Genesis did a Pledge Music thing with their reissues of their albums. There's, I'm seeing a lot of bands now that are going on Pledge Music and doing it, because the perks that are on there sometimes are incredible. Mm-hmm. You can get test presses of stuff, and they go like, boom. Like That's why I'm always waiting on Pledge there to see when something mm-hmm. new comes up, because as soon as it comes up the first thing that go to test pressing is it'll be like 6 yeah. 6 copies of the test pressing boom gone like just like that right so and there's all kinds of other things you can get autograph posters you can get handwritten lyrics you can get phone calls from the people you can get a direct skype conversation with one of the band members there's so many things you can do through these kinds of pledge music things i think it would be perfect for something like Kiss to do, I mean, you know, if they if those guys don't want to do the Skype thing, get Eric Singer. He's a talkative guy. He could do this. He could do the Skype stuff with the fans, you know. <laughs> and there you, and there you go. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many options you can do with this stuff. I think the sky's the limit with Pledge Music.
0: Yeah, for a band that is hooked on revenue streams as much as this band has become, um, and I don't say that derogatorily of course because i've bought a lot of that stuff Mm. i mean pledge music does give some insane um perks are are available there some that make you absolutely cringe but again what makes one person cringe may make another person go goofy-eyed and open their wallet so it's Mm -hmm. all fair but i think with kiss they're so monolithic that at this point getting them to think outside the box is probably less of a ball, uh, less of a battle than being able to do so to execute. I, I think they're probably tied down by so many things that you know. Gene strikes me as the type who will try anything. He he will sell you yeah. freaking vials of chewed bubble gum. You know, <laughs> he, you know. He, he, he's shameless. You know, but he's not afraid yeah. to fail. He's not afraid yeah. to just try something absolutely insane and say, "Sure, go for it." especially if it's someone else's money on the line you know, the only sure. thing that will happen to him is he doesn't you know um, get an additional sale, he's already gotten paid so it, yeah. is anyone willing to step up and do a pledge for a KISS package you know, specifically we're talking about the uh, solo albums I, I think, yeah, I mean come on, what are the sorts of things that they could package up with a solo album's release well original lyrics, they've both obviously kept stuff um, mm-hmm. or Paul will handwrite you the song of your, your favorite song from his album. Just write out the lyrics of Paul Stanley and sign it, like, yeah. like Vinny was selling. Um, but again, does that have publishing issues? You know, Again, all these fucking <laughs> legal things that... Uh, it's the music business that get in yeah. the way of fans having fun. I mean, you know, get a phone call from Gene. Well, he's already done that and shown his willingness to do that with The Vault. So he's obviously willing to do whatever it takes to get a sale. And if it's a Mm five-minute phone call to a fan, hey, thank you uh, uh, for for buying the Gene Simmons solo album box set. Oh, what do you mean, Aces album's in there? You know, Gene will do it. Paul Paul would probably be a little bit more of a challenge to get on a phone, and maybe he would. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe, again, paintings by Paul. Mm -hmm. Didn't he do those solo paintings so you can get prints? Again, mm. it's endless. Ken, did uh, we get your thoughts on this yet?
2: Yeah, uh, no, you didn't. But um, I mean, it was my part of my topic, right? Um, so I agree with Mark. Uh, it is very good, you know, a cool thing. Um, I bought a few things off of there too. I got the, well, I mean, even the, the John Hart, you know, book and I, I have, you know, that uh, I pledged for that. Um, I also had, I think, uh, I got that John Fogarty uh, Centerfield Green Vinyl that they Mm -hmm. had on their limited edition, too. So um, I think it's cool. Yeah, I've seen some of the stuff out there um, that they're offering. And like Mark said, there's test pressings and and other things, too. Very interesting uh, packages that they come up with. So Kiss can come up with a lot of cool stuff. And this is another reason why you're talking about contracts and stuff, obligations uh, they need to get control and get their own control of their own music back and everything they, they need to get that back i don't know when it happens if or when it happens but they need to get it back and they can really then explore a lot more ways to uh you know generate income and, and put things out you know for the fans
4: yeah, I mean there's obviously ways to do it. I mean, you know, people like Zappa who got all their master tapes back and fought for that back. Look at Nikki Six, he you know, there was famous stories about how he completely went made that lady and Electra go insane enough to give him back his master tapes for Motley Crue stuff. Right. So I mean there's ways to do it and I think a lot of it has to do with money, which is obviously the sure. reason why they might not be doing it. Because some, I know that some bands that I've heard about who I've actually been friends with and talked to said that they could get their master tapes back, but it would cost X amount of money to retrieve them from the label, right? And sometimes these right. bands don't have that kind of cash. But this, that's where something like the Pledge Music could help. There's so many bands that I've seen now that have funded their whole making of the record on. they saying, we're going to make our next record. We need X amount of dollars. If you help us out the loyal merillion, they always do that now. They don't go to a record label. They said that's stupidity to go to a record label. They say we go to our fans, we put up that we're gonna make a new record, and the fans give them all the money they need to make the record to go to the studio. And what do they give them? Backstage passes for festival shows, appearances. They give them uh, you know, limited forty fives that get made. They give them all kinds of stuff and, and they even give them stuff too, or they say if you chip in 10,000 bucks you you put get put down as executive producer on the record or we can go into an acoustic show at your house. I've seen all kinds of these things given out there, you know, for stuff like that. Even Rick Wakeman was saying that he had people come to the studio and sit in while he was doing a piano session for one of the records. So there's so many options you could do and especially if it's a new record for example, right? I know that, like that's probably a hard sell for KISS, but if they were to make a new record and didn't want to be involved with a record label, they could do it that way. And I guarantee you KISS fans would probably shell out money to have them do it, you know, mm-hmm. and they could get all kinds of stuff from it, you know?
0: No, they could do too. You can have the kiss fans who want them to do it shell in money for them to do it and the kiss fans who don't want them to do it shell in money for them not to do it. so <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. then you're making all, all your kiss fans happy and those who don't want, want another album get bent. Some of us still want some music. you know I like the idea of uh, at your own expense you fly to wherever and you can participate in a gang vocal session for the backgrounds and mm. you know on a song. And they could mix it as low as they wanted so yeah you're on there That's oh, right. I can't hear it well you're there you know it, you know it was a mixing yeah, decision <laughs> you know the, no, it's something like that I mean you remember in the 80s when you'd open up the credits to an album and you'd see the gang vocal credits you're like what the hell that guy from Who that are all band? These people yeah no <laughs> yeah. Or, no what's what's um, Tommy Thayer doing on that album you know what oh, yeah, yeah. you know there, there are so many cases of you know Don Dock and uh, backgrounds on something, you know, sure. for for another band. So, you know, again, it's an endless, you know, stream of suggestions that would first have to probably go by Gene and Paul, and then go by the lawyers, and then go by Gene and Paul. Um, but what was the last release that they actively worked on with Universal? I'm not going to say that the Red Vinyl Destroyer counts because that's a totally limited edition.
2: Was it the Japanese thing? Um, the, no. The that, with the girl.
0: No, that didn't come out on Universal, did it? So was it was uh, it the fortieth anniversary? It, it wasn't live in 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 uh, Rocks Vegas because that was on I think on Eagle or some other mm-hmm. right. You know, you know, Monster was Universal, and then they seemed to go back off into independent land after that, which
4: so the fortieth anniversary wasn't through Universal. Kiss forty.
0: Yeah, that was yeah. that was universal. But um,
2: yeah, that right. last greatest hits back is that they released in Europe, you know, but that was it.
0: Which which one was that? I did the see. last
2: the last tour that they did in Europe. What was it called? Kiss World or whatever? Oh, Kiss, yeah, Kiss World. That's right. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: sure. I, I do actually have it, but. You know, yeah. I, I can't remember. What what is their relationship with Universal in other words? Is it to uh, mm-hmm. the degree where they could actually um, negotiate something in order to do a pledge campaign? I mean I've just ordered something off pledge, um, and that's the Bruce Dickinson Sarajevo uh really, show, yeah. documentary, which I'm I saying I can't wait for that to become available. Well it is, is up on pledge. So
4: oh, um, Wow. I gotta yeah, find this.
0: Yeah. Oh <laughs> well, we we did lose Lonnie, He's not coming back today. So
2: yeah, Hope he's alright.
4: Yeah, I hope so too.
0: Oh let's wrap up with one last question for today. And again, this one I'm picking straight off the board. And it kinda of ties in with the first question or the first thing, which was, you know, celebrating the twenty second anniversary of Tiger Stadium. When did KISS officially enter Legacy Act mode, in your opinion? Hmm um, um, and that's a tough one. I mean, I'll give you guys a second to go since I'd known that I was going to ask this one. I'm going to say probably 2002, you know, once the farewell tour was over, that at least had a grain of currency at the time that it was the original lineup, the end of that cycle for the reunion, after which they just went into treading water for how many years? 2002, three, four, mm-hmm. five, six, seven, eight... Yeah. Until 2009, when, uh, obviously, Sonic Boom came out. So And since then, you know, they, they didn't really give much of the material off Sonic Boom a shot live. I mean, I'm an animal. Monday, mm-hmm. Delilah, Say Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that's it. Um, yeah. And Say Yeah didn't come in until December of that year and didn't, well, what, didn't stay.
4: So what exactly, then, just for the sake of clarification what defines a legacy act
0: that's probably a very personal question mark <laughs> that, uh, you know no it, it's you know it's is it
4: 25 one, years in the business or what is it like a,
0: a, a band that's no longer actively creating music and only living off their history and past
4: okay would so be, i mean would be how
0: i read it but you know someone else might say that it's something different but you know and then again it probably varies from act to act because
4: yeah well because then i think then te- technically if that's the theory then it would be after the completion of the monster tour run i guess they would be considered a legacy act after that because they haven't done squat as far as recording any kind of new material right so i guess that would be that but i mean i always kind of looked at them that way from and i don't know why but I always kind of thought of them as a legacy band when they started doing those, you know, those uh, kind of special shows. When Remember, what was that show that they did when uh, they came back and they did that television of VH1 Rocks or something like that? There was some oh, VH1 Rock special. Honors. Yeah, that's when I started thinking of them as like a legacy act. Because mm. whenever you see bands on those kind of shows, they're usually at that period, you know. Or even Priest when... On that
2: too?
4: Yeah, Def you know, Leppard and Yeah, yeah.
2: They're
4: all legacy (laughs) yeah well i mean you know let's face it they aren't they aren't spring chickens none of those bands and that's not a bad thing but i mean you know and and to be called a legacy act i don't think it should be totally always looked at as in a negative light Mm. i mean you know they've put in their time they've they've sold millions of records what's there to be ashamed about you know they they've they've made millions of people happy and i think that they have nothing to be ashamed about in that Mm. light right but you know that's the thing i thought i always used to think of them as a legacy act then like, or when they went out on tour with aerosmith in 2003 when peter was still in the band i you know kind of thought of it like that they were already kind of on their you know in the the last victory lap kind of thing then but then you know they proved us wrong and came back with sonic boom and monster and showed that they have still fuel in the tank right but i'm guessing now would be probably when they're considered a legacy act after they got into the rock and roll hall of fame
2: you know
0: those albums were tokenism. <laughs>
2: tokenism
0: they, they barely um, played those albums i mean they start look at monster they started yeah, off playing what six well, songs off that down to five off, down to three down to how often do they play any songs off that now or sonic <coughs> Boom for that matter so as thrilled as i am that they made those albums i wouldn't change really? them at all they they weren't you know come on look at 2009 they were off doing the t- a different tour and then released the album before it became the Sonic Boom tour what was it hottest tour on earth and Mm -hmm. then in 2012 they were doing the tour with Motley Crue and you know the album's kind of just thrown out there it was like Carnival of Souls all over again you know sorry Cap
2: let you no it's right. no no Um, I mean who's well from your point uh, you know it's it's the band's choice or Paul's choice to what songs they're going to play in concert you know from those albums, anyway, and they're and they're just sticking with that, that core songs that they've always done. Um, but uh, as far as the legacy act, I kind of agree with Mark with about the After Monster art, um, which is the music. Um, then, then you're 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 stagnant as far as you know musically. Um, and if you don't do any more new music after that, it is kind of a, a legacy act in a way. Um, the other pop possibility of becoming a legacy act is when you do a long long run in Vegas, um, mm-hmm. you know, when you're like a, a Elton John who did uh, the though, he was still releasing music. So that's kind yeah. of against the grain there. Um, but there's other, you know, artists, I think, mean, you know, Donnie Marie, whatever. That's a bad. Elvis. Yeah. Though Elvis was kept releasing new material too, though. But, um, it's kind it's of, you become a legacy, almost like a legacy or a legend. If you're a legend, you, you go to Vegas and you can do long runs there. Um, because people just, they'll oh, come to see you. Because, oh yeah, I've never seen them. Well, let's go, you know, we're here. Let's go see them. That kind of, so, that kind of thing. So as, as far as the Legacy Act, I mean, they're starting to become that. Because to me, I, I, I just want new material, uh, new music. I want to see them, you know, just to be inspired to create new uh-huh. music and material. Um, I think they can do it. I, I don't know. The work ethic ethic is not is not there anymore. I guess, um, and, and like Mark said, they're they're not spring chickens anymore. And maybe they just want to. They're they're getting close to retirement, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I I, I I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Some people though. Some people say Julian that in '96 they became, you know. Uh, the legacy act. At that point, yep. they just went back to '77, and that was it, basically. You know, yeah, they, they, they even totally, though they, they did not here, they stopped. Tr- they
0: stopped trying. You know, and just went yeah, back yeah. and cashed in, and that's fair enough for what it is. I mean, if nothing else, when the end does come and gets announced, I, I think I'd like them to do what Molly Crew did, uh, and and. That's not released a goddamn awful DVD of their final, the you know, The End, which is just unwatchable drivel. Uh-huh. Um, they went out and recorded or put out one last song, All Bad Things, is what this was, uh, was called. I, I think Kiss has got to end with a song. You know, if they're not going to do a final album, fine. Can you muster the energy for one? freaking song that you can then stick on a single and put up on pledge yeah. come on let's bring all these threads together that we've talked about today yeah. you know <laughs> if you're going out yeah. for the final farewell well how about one final song oh wait it's got to have a uh, it's got to have a b-side so it could be on a, on a single you know so <laughs> come on no album single that's the very minimum if motley crew if you think of how bad their final releases were, I mean, God's Sex in 2012 for the tour, mm. all bad, all bad things. Wasn't that much better, but you know, at least it was something, you know, by, by, yeah. by which to bring everything to a nice, neat, tucked-in retirement home, you know, bed, or Very military well. corners on the on that bed, <laughs> all properly made, you know, a song, a single song, preferably written by Paul Stanley.
2: Or Gene,
0: like, like we said, a B side, yeah. And you can together. A, just right just together. just label each side A, and then you can pick which one's the A side. Paul will always know it's his side.
2: I have a double A
0: side,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. What well, do you think Tommy and Eric as well? Okay. Are we now up to four songs? So we're halfway to an album. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: or some or some Peter, you know? If they're who knows. You know, Ace, from the sounds of it, wants to be involved with KISS next year, so I guess yeah. we'll, we'll have to leave it there and uh, let the dice fall where they may. So, All right, Lonnie, hope you're safe. Hope you're okay. When those signs yeah. go off, you might want to stop podcasting, and you're not supposed to look out the window, of course, but I could see a little crack through the uh, the blinds and yeah. some trees going up and down. Uh, hope everyone yeah, in yeah. St. Louis is okay. Just a power outage. But for now, All these topics that we've talked about, you know, chime in with your opinions wherever you listen to us or watch us. We'd love to know your thoughts on what we've discussed today. And uh, for now, from Ken, from Lonnie, from Mark and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today.